Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 30-Minute CMO Podcast. My name is Gorsh Huchua, and I'm joined by my friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Merry Christmas Eve, Alex. Merry Christmas Eve day. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. What, the most wonderful time of year. As they tell us. As they tell us. It's As the best tell. because you can eat all of the food and not feel guilty for a few days. Right. They'll make you feel guilty starting January 1st with all of the fitness commercials. But until then. With all, with all the fitness commercials. and Exactly. And all of the fitness equipment you got for, for Christmas. Exactly. How's that Peloton, by the way? It, it looks great. It looks really great. It's very... Um, great as you observe it from the couch <laughs> as i observe it from my desk where i am chained morning noon and night <laughs> but uh, hopefully i'll have some time um we've just finished up a couple big projects so hopefully i'll have some time going into the christmas holidays and um you know working off all of that red wine i'm gonna drink I hear you. I hear you. Well, listen, today is our end of year Christmas edition of the show. Our 25th yeah, at that. Already. 25th. 25th episode. Quarter century to keep the Peloton oh, yeah. uh, lingo kind of in place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'll say we're excited to have spent most of this year with, uh, with you, our listener, um, as this podcast launched in the spring uh, of 2020. And it's, def it's definitely been a fun ride that has given us something positive to look forward to in contrast to all the negativity that this year has brought. Yeah. Um, so on today's show, we'll cover our main takeaways from this year, and we'll try to keep it fun and light, and we hope that you will enjoy. And um, I thought that the best place to start might be our favorite holiday ads. Um, Great idea. That, that, we, uh, that we saw. We didn't see all of them, obviously, but there are some that stood out. And uh, by the way, we'll, um, we'll throw the links up on our website www.30minutecmo.com. Please visit mm -hmm. uh, so you can see them for yourselves. Um, and I'll kick off with uh, Amazon's ad, which I thought was just fantastic. I'm, I wasn't expecting this from Amazon. The title of the ad is called The Show Must Go On. And uh, it focuses on, um, on a young ballerina um, who has been, who's been selected for a performance and um, COVID strikes and the performance is canceled. There's a, whole sh the whole, there's a whole narrative that unfolds. And what I thought was so beautiful about this ad, what struck me about how they've put it together is that they squeak, uh, squeezed in a story from a feature film into two minutes. I think yeah. this is the brilliance of good advertising is when you can have the entire story with an arc with characters that you identify with immediately compacted into this and it's it, it goes back to that original ethos of good advertising it's a, it's storytelling in its purest form and because you're constrained by a time you know 30 seconds 60 seconds two minutes you have to really try hard and i think the actors are brilliant the story is brilliant the way that they uh weave in the amazon kind of product placement uh and you know it's very subtle but it's 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 definitely there um, you feel emotional coming out of this. I just felt it was great. Um, I don't know yeah. what, you, what you thought, but I thought it was a brilliant ad. It's a it's a really good ad. It's a really good story. Um, you definitely you definitely feel a lot of emotions as you watch it. And I mean the the product the Amazon app product placement and the box product it felt a little crowbar in, but it's a it's it's a really great ad. You want to watch it. You want to you want to watch it to the end it doesn't feel forced it's the music the music is amazing it's shot beautifully it's very timely and yeah 
in that it's you know COVID and it's it's about how people are losing their opportunities and and how we're trying to make everything better with what we've got. It's it's great. It was made by Lucky Generals out of the UK. So good good on them. I have a bunch of friends who work there. Great agency in in England. Good on them. Yep. Um, the I mean the UK is is ground zero for Christmas advertising. It's the Super Bowl for for the UK. Um, we we don't have it in but the marks and spencer's ads are it's they're very good as well i would check the one tom hardy and the brussels sprout (laughs) i would watch that i would watch that one as well but john lewis um you know was was kind of the not the pioneer but they were the ones who were making these christmas ads 10 years ago more than that 2011 i think yeah yeah their um their ads uh this year give a little love um christmas uh by adam and eve gdb is is also great i love i love this ad um it's all around sort of the premise is um you know it's a it's a chain of people who are you know helping each other and giving love and it's it's one person does it to another and then they give it to someone else and they give it to someone else and it's just it's a really nice story but what i like about it more is that is the production it has it features you know eight or ten different um sort of production styles it's live um you know, live, it's live, it's animation, it's um, Wallace and Gromit style, stop motion, it's, you know, 3D renders, it's, it's, it's watercolors, it's, it's great. And the way that they cut and change is really nice. And you kind of see all of these brilliant production techniques. And it's just, it's just a really great way of, of making an ad, especially if you can't have um, live action, and you can't have a bunch of people together. So that's a good workaround to the COVID rules. I love this ad too. I, uh, I thought it was a kind ad. It had the spirit of Christmas. Um, uh, I think for maybe it's, maybe it's not the first time, but it's been a recent thing since John Lewis started tying in their uh, grocery chain brand Waitrose into it. There's a little bit of product placement there, but it's not overwhelming. Um, I agree with you. I think it's the most creative ad that we saw because of the different styles that they use. And I actually listened to an interview um, by the former creative director of Adam and Eve. He's actually now the had creative ad, uh, then some Gary Bowen in London. Yep. Um, and he spoke about how these ads, uh, they start concepting them in January. So in January, you sit down, you select the scripts. It's kind of like what happens with the movies essentially, but you have to predict what is going to be topical a year from now around Christmas time. Yeah. And, uh, the way that this ad came together, uh, was a lot, I mean, driven, a lot of it was driven by the necessity of the restrictions. As you said, you know, they couldn't shoot everything, uh, the, the way they normally would. So they had to rely on animation and, um, and, um, artist renderings. Um, so a really cool, a really cool project. I think, you know, John Lewis continues to kind of set the mark and then everyone in the UK sort of tries to exceed this. And sometimes they do, but they're still, uh, you know, they're still considered to be kind of the, the, the big boys of Christmas ads there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash on it too hard, but it's definitely a creative agency ad, not a, not a, not a brand focused ad. You can you can see where the the create I can literally picture the meetings with the creative directors fighting to have all of these animation styles and ballooning the budget just so they could try and win an award in uh, at at Cannes next year. So it it, it was very indulgent in my opinion. But, I think you know, I I think the KPI for, for for the KPIs for these ads is how many Twitter people will say that they cried uh, watching <laughs> it. I think it's yeah. it's it's the gallons of tears per dollar sp- pound spend yeah i think so i mean that's a hundred percent accurate yeah because it's not it's not gonna 
you're not running to uh, Waitrose or John Lewis off the back of this ad. It's very, it's like the old widening Kennedy Honda ads in, in the UK. Like they made great ads that you wanted to watch. They did terrible job at selling cars. And that's, and that's why Honda is, 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 you know, known in the UK as one of the best advertisers because they had one and Kennedy making, you know, great ads, you know, and, the, and the they have 1% world. market share for cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone watched this ad for John Lewis and then they went to, uh, Marks and Spencer and bought their stuff. Little, yeah. Yeah. Marks and Spencer went to the fruit hall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, look, our top three ads, they're all made in Europe. I mean, the two we just discussed were made by UK agencies. And the third that kind of made waves, uh, across social media this year was by a German pharmacy chain called Doc Morris. And, uh, the ad is titled, uh, take care of yourself. Um, it was created by a German agency called Young von Met. And, uh, uh, the story there is, um, I, I think is a fairly relevant relevant one for this year because it's um it focuses on an old man um it sounds like um a, a widower who um basically starts working out every day to get into shape and he keeps doing the same workout with kettlebells um and you know the neighborhood uh, where he lives is pretty surprised that he's doing this. It's definitely not something that someone his age is expected to do. And um, as the story kind of unfolds and leads into Christmas uh, with his um, with his kids and his um, and his grandkids, you sort of realize why he is uh, why he was doing this. You know, there's a there's kind of a culmination where there's the aha moment. Um, and I think this one is again, it's the common thread with all three of these ads is that they uh, pinpointed this moment in time where people are all struggling with uh, with the isolation of COVID. Um, everyone is sort of separated. Uh, there's you know there's a desire for more kindness. Um, there is a desire for more connectivity, and you know, uh, but the realization that things aren't the way they were before. And I think this ad, along with other two, really hits on that. And so. As people watched it, even though this this was for a brand we don't know much about, um, the story feels familiar, which is I feel like why it yeah. resonated so much. Yeah, I I, I haven't watched this one, uh, so I will go and watch it. But um, but yeah, I mean, all of these have have focused around 2020 and the realities of of 2020 and and not being able to be with people and and spreading kindness where possible and spreading love where possible, and that's kind of you know really what what we're what we're kind of all facing with right now um so the next one that we had coke um very 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 coke ad um it's it's a really nice it's a really nice again production quality is fantastic it's it's uh the story is around a, da a daughter giving her father a letter as he drives off um to go work and it turns out he works on an oil rig and he wants to deliver this uh, letter to Santa, you know, the North Pole Santa, and it's his journey and struggle to be a good dad and deliver the letter to to Santa. And when he gets to Santa's house, it's closed for Christmas. So he did all of that work and he and he couldn't. And then, um, you know, to save the day, the big Coke uh, 18 wheeler rocks up in the middle of nowhere and he hitches a lift back to somewhere. Um, and then when he gets there, he opens the letter and it's, it's the daughter asking her, uh father christmas to bring her dad back for christmas and he ends up at home and his daughter is really happy so i think you got some your note your notes here it's not very 2020 it doesn't no. really it, it kind of it's just like 
trying to trying to i guess it's trying to create escapism from everyone to be like you know let's just forget about it for two minutes and forget that 2020 is is really hard and um but i I mean it's it's nice it's a it's a very beautifully shot ad but it's not very uh relevant it's not referencing the reality that we're in but also i I mean if i was sat in the in the creative review and i and we, we read the script i'd be like why did he just do all of that like what was the point of him doing that why couldn't she just tell him what was in the letter or just ask him to come back for christmas yeah, I, th- I thought that this one was um, a beautifully filmed ad from a cinematic yeah. standpoint. Uh, White and Kennedy was the agency that produced this ad. And um, I think this one is definitely also um, falls, <laughs> falls into this territory of agencies wanting to produce an ad for an agency's sake. Um, yeah. It got a lot of rave reviews in the US, um, but it feels out of touch with, the, with 2020. It doesn't have any references to anything that happened this year. Um, and also like, even the even though the ads we talked about before, um, some of them are very fantastical in their nature. They all seem kind of like um, everything that they show could, in theory, happen. Like a coke truck isn't gonna pop up in the middle of North Pole and give this guy a lift uh, back yeah. home, right? Like there's some things there that it's sort sort of like, come on, guys, you know, I want something that's a little bit more more tangible. Uh, it was filmed by or is uh, directed by an Oscar winning director, I read. So clearly they focused on the production quality of it. But I thought the story was was a little bit out of touch. Was that was that Wyden's London or Wyden Portland? It, it was Wyden in the US. I, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. It definitely feels like a US ad more than a European ad. That's for sure. I think what's interesting, though, is that we're talking about these ads. Um, and out of the four, three were made by European uh, ad agencies. One of them, Amazon, was a global ad uh, that was produced for all of it or many of its markets. And I, I, think, it's, I, think, the, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, the tastes have converged and the cultures have converged so much that a German agency can make an ad for a German pharmacy chain that finds resonance in English-speaking countries around the world that Amazon can commission an ad uh, to its agency in the UK even though its biggest market is is the US and use that ad yeah. here. I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Coke ad is being used um, for advertising uh, Coke in other markets as well. So it's kind of, it's, it's a kind of interesting take on globalization, especially because we, I think, live in a shared moment right now where COVID is uniquely kind of a bonding experience. Everyone is yeah. experiencing social distancing. Everyone is experiencing hardship. And so you can't have one agency produce an ad that um, that finds resonance with many different societies. Yeah, no, I think I think that's exactly right. Everyone is going. I mean, and we, I think we spoke about this uh, in an earlier uh, recording where we, you know, this one of the first times in most people's lifetime where there's been a global struggle where everyone is dealing with the same thing at the same time. You know, we've had issues you know where certain parts of the world deal with it and other parts like SARS in in Asia um, didn't really affect the US or Europe that much Um, but this is like probably you know since at at least you know the last world war where everyone is dealing with the same thing at the same time and I think that is a really interesting feeling for most people where you can really you know language race um the you know country everyone is dealing with the same thing at the same time and that's you know the struggle to to try and make the best of the worst situation 
Yeah. Um, if you wanna, if you want to have a momentary momentary escape from uh, this common shared experience, go and read some news from New Zealand. Like I just <laughs> j- just yeah. just for kicks, I went and read um, the headlines of, from the New Zealand Herald, and it's like they have their own thing going on because they don't have COVID. And then they're like, meanwhile, on planet Earth, and like they yeah. talk about you know everything that we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I occasionally pop up on uh on twitter you'd be like this is new zealand right now and it's like a twenty thousand person concert concert, yeah and everyone is there no one is wearing a mask everyone is having fun everyone's bumping into each other and you're like god and then for like us in the u.s it's like oh my god six feet six feet everyone wear the masks wear the masks yeah well it's because they wore masks early on and also they are um sixty five thousand miles away from anywhere else. But um look, so uh these are our favorite Christmas ads, holiday ads. Yep. We'll um we'll throw them up on the, on the website. Uh we also wanted to just kind of touch on some of the moments from 2020 that we found to be most interesting and newsworthy that have to do with marketing. Uh again, this show is not just about marketing, it's also about things that are adjacent to marketing. So not everything here has to do with um with advertising necessarily, but um, I think I'll start, um, you know, we've touched on this almost in every show. Clearly, the accelerated shift to e-commerce that was fueled by the COVID-19 pandemic will be the lasting legacy of this time yeah. period when it comes to digital. Um, and uh, we're just experiencing this everywhere. We're ordering things to be delivered more more often than or more than ever before. Um, the Actually, the logistics networks are being completely overwhelmed by this newfound demand um, for home ordering. Um, I signed up for Postmates Unlimited Delivery for the first time in my life and was able to justify That's... to myself. I, I <laughs> you know, I think we've bashed the service enough on this show for people to know that this is not something that I would do lightly, but this the is con- not something you wanted to do. This is out of necessity. Yeah, but but I think this uh this shift to e-commerce is going to uh is going to have long-lasting impact um, for many, many years to come. The innovation that's coming out of this time period is going to be refined and refined again, and people are more accepting of it, and therefore brands are more um, more willing to invest into it. So uh, everything that flows out of there, how money is spent on advertising and marketing, how products are developed, how we communicate, starts from the point of people are consuming things digitally, and you have to yeah. appeal to them in this new format. Yeah, I mean, I think the conversation we had with Adam from Hero was, was was brilliant. Um, you know, kind of like when I went to Shop Talk in Vegas, the conference all around shopping, and um, the fact that's kind of when I first had my my experience with like the ins and outs of the sort of commerce, whether it's retail, in store, or e commerce. But like his, his his point of view and where he thinks the market's going to go with the shops being more of you know touch and feel and experience the product and then go buy it online somewhere uh, so they don't have to have you know stock in store um they can have like you know really beautiful looking stores that have like one product right. um, on display that you can go and experience in the and then like having the associates in store so serving in store and online and having that connection um you know, we talk about connection a lot with with COVID and not being able to be in and, and touch and feel things and having that connection through a screen is brilliant. I want to hear from you when you kind of, when you've implemented it all, how it's going on and get like a behind the scenes, behind the curtain look um, and like how that's going to work. But like, it's, it's the, yeah, the acceleration of, of e-commerce and, you know, the logistics businesses right now 
struggling to to deal with any like the huge influx in in orders like i think for the first time lauren and, and her family have bought everything for christmas online you know not just from the big retailers but from local yeah. um local businesses and local businesses are really struggling because they can't keep up with either they can't keep up with the demand of their product or the logistics companies are not delivering on the on sort of the the promise of you know two-day shipping five-day shipping whatever it is right. so they're having to refund customers give off discounts replacements like they're struggling because their delivery partners aren't delivering right hey. um but they're not delivering and that and the small businesses are struggling you know they can't absorb all of these issues like a, an amazon or a walmart or best buy where they're like oh it didn't arrive here have another one for free it's it's like a, a drop in the in the revenue ocean so it's going to be interesting to see like if there's any um developments in logistics and if there's going to be anything that comes out where it's you know, small businesses can can i don't know evolve that um to serve them better yeah i'm seeing i i think this is going to be um a fertile fertile ground for companies like a postmates for instance to really roll out um micro logistics networks within the cities um where they operate to replace frankly the post office and ups and fedex yeah like the last i think we talked about at the last mile with um, with Uber, I think Uber Eats was now going to be delivering. Yeah. Was it no? It was Postmates. Postmates, Postmates. was going to be delivering stuff, so you yeah. could order stuff from stores that don't have delivery and get them delivered within 15 miles for, you know, five bucks, 15 bucks, whatever it was. Yeah. So you, you know, so that's that's a great sort of use of the drivers and and having them deliver things that are not time sensitive, right. like food is. Um, another one of our favorite topics: the rise of TikTok. Um, that was accelerated by COVID. Everyone's at home learning the stupid TikTok dances, um, but they are really taking off. And their approach to just flooding every platform with TikTok. And what I really thought was interesting, and we did cover this a while ago, was the way that they just allow you to share from TikTok directly to other platforms. Mm-hmm and not create that walled garden like like LinkedIn does. You want to share a story on LinkedIn, you have to share it within LinkedIn. There's no way other than like going in, clicking the link, copying the URL, going to your different app. Like these TikTok have just been like, yeah, no, share it. Where, where do you want it? You want to put it here? Instagrams, Facebook, Instagram stories? Yeah, we'll do that. And they just have it and they have the TikTok logo and your TikTok username right. and you can do whatever you want and it, ha- and it finishes on your TikTok, whatever, I don't know and end card and everyone is is watching these tiktok videos on instagram and facebook and then going in and and downloading tiktok so they can all see it themselves it's i mean that is brilliant for them i mean i know they are spending a boatload of money to do um to do advertising user acquisition and brand they're hiring agencies to do that i've seen tiktok for business ads i've seen tiktok for users ads um They've they've made some pretty good emotional ads with the content that's on TikTok, so like it's been a great year for them. Yeah, and um, I think gave rise to an entirely new format of um, of short form uh, of short form creative. That um, in the battle of uh, premium content versus user generated content, they clearly won. And a company that was um, that had a billion plus dollars in investment, Quibi, lost right? <laughs> Users voted with their eyeballs and they voted in favor of TikTok. 
So yeah. um, we'll only continue to see more more TikTok in 2021, I'm sure. But uh, it's been a heck of a year for them, despite all of the challenges they had to overcome from you know Trump and everything else. Yeah, I'm talking about premium premium content. Um, the movie theater industry uh, is in peril as to, as tomorrow marks the first day where they'll be straight to streaming through from Warner Brothers uh, with the Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. 84 goes um, in theaters and in uh, HBO Max tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be the first of their 17 films that are going to come out that go straight to streaming. And, you know, I love that you can now watch these streaming um, from your from your sofa. I still would wa- rather watch it in the cinema, but there is absolutely no way I'm spending two and a half hours in a room with other people who may or may not be sick, breathing their their infected air, and that is absolutely off the cards, off the table for me. So, are you going to watch it? Are you going to get HBO Max? I already have HBO Max. I've got HBO Max through my AT and T mobile service. So, you know, I'm getting this. I'm getting this for free, basically. I am paying through the nose for my mobile, but you know, free. So yeah, (laughs) HBO Max. But I, I really think you know, and we we've talked about this. Streaming is not the answer for the movie industry. You need the cinemas because like this, there are films that need to be seen in the big screen. It's like the occasion. It's marking the launch of something new and you see it in, like no one has unless you're lebron james no one has their own private cinema like you know the massive screen the surround sound you know we the experience is there and that's like you can watch tv and you can watch movies on tv but there's the experience of going to the cinema and watching it on the big screen is something that the movie industry needs i think people will still want so this is going to be a a, a tough time for the theater industry and I, I feel like the studios have to throw them a bone have to bail them out somehow because they need them yeah uh we'll see we'll see you know q you know i'm sure they're sitting there waiting for you know q2 to come around so they you know it's the summer season block summer blockbuster period um a lot of the hopes are um on the vaccines kind of being rolled out at mass by that point and so um we'll see what remains of the movie theater industry uh at that point but you know just like with retail physical retail i think uh this will be a period where where crappy facilities get swept away and movie theaters just like retail stores will focus on the more premium experience we talked about the amc experience with the reclining chairs and everything like this um it has to be it has to be there that path to survival because it has to be an occasion and more than just going and seeing a movie, I don't want to go and sit in a, you know, soda stained seat, you know, where everything smells like ass. To be honest, watching <laughs> watching a movie on a, on a screen that's that's not an amazing screen, you know, yeah. I, I'll I'll pay the premium to go and watch it on a fantastic screen with a fantastic sound system in a comfortable chair, and I'll probably pay two x, if not more, than what I would have previously paid but I'll go f- fewer times. Yeah. And so that's what their angle has to be. And I think for the movie theaters, it's kind of like the flagship store. This is the flagship experience. Yeah. This is how you want the movie to be experienced and then hope that people will um, rent sequels and whatever. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I do hope the movie theaters do survive. Um, switching into the kind of more 
a more technical end of things. Um, many people forgot, but this year also kind of marked the uh, start of uh, American digital privacy efforts with CCPA, the the California Consumer Protection Act going into effect. I think it was um, in, I forget at this point, it, it felt like it coincided with the pandemic starting. Um, it was also seen as the as a really dark time for digital advertisers because of the of the restrictions being placed on what sort of information was could be collected, etc. But um, besides CCPA going into effect, we also had Apple, um, you know, releasing its new um, iOS um, software with privacy controls. Um, I'm yeah. sure most most people with iPhones have downloaded um, the new uh, the new update um, in the recent weeks and saw. If you go into the App Store, you can just see. Um, very transparently what each app is collecting on you. Uh, it's kind of just line itemed there. Hmm. And um, Facebook actually put out ads in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, uh, basically saying that, you know, the spin they put on it uh, was uh, Apple's move is uh, destructive to small businesses because small businesses need that kind of data from Facebook to advertise um, effectively. What Facebook is scared of is that they, they got exposed. You can go and see yeah. that they collect audio they collect every bit of information on you, every single bit of information across Facebook and Instagram. Um, and it's just scary. And then, you know, you can go and actually look through all of your apps and, um, and see what exactly is being collected. And Apple allows you to, uh, to have more control over what you allow to share. So between CCPA, between Apple's efforts, I think this year uh, will uh, signal the sort of the final nail for the cookie, for the venerable yeah. cookie. Um, this is going to be the year when we become used to being in control of our privacy. Um, and that's the good thing. I think the bad thing is there's, you know, there's going to be a fer fertile ground and opportunity for bad actors um, to rise up and create, um, create data exchanges and things that um, do things more illegally, you know, instead of, instead of legalizing some aspects of data collection and, and having it be, um, available, I think this might actually um, produce some bad results. And I've been reading a lot of articles that talk about this. So we'll see what happens there. But privacy, a big theme for this year, and it's only going to continue to 2021 and beyond. Um, and the last one, I think, was um, was more around consumer. Again, uh, talking about Apple, uh, 5G has been around for a couple of years. Yep. Uh, but as Apple rolled out their new iPhones, um, you know, it's not until Apple does it that it's official. You know, remember the, <laughs> yeah. old, the old saying, if it's not on Facebook, it didn't happen. Um, yeah. So Apple announced that 5G is here. Samsung was like, it's been here. Yeah, um, like, yeah we, we did this already, guys. Come yeah, on. this was like 2018 for us. And Apple was like, no, it's, 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 now, it's now here. Um, iPhone 12s, all equipped with 5G antenna. What does this mean for the future of content and marketing to mobile consumers? That's that's the question that we'll, we'll have to answer. And I think for me, um, this is going to mean um, not a lot until, frankly, yeah. the, the content companies and technology companies show to me what this can mean. I know it's faster downloadable speeds. I don't really struggle to watch things on my LTE um, when, when I have a good signal, but I guess there's a huge promise for what this can be. It can enable things with uh, the internet of cars, the internet of things, the, this, that, and the other. Can this replace my cable modem? Can I just do things with 5G? Um, and not rely on having to switch to different types of Wi-Fi? Probably not. Um, 
But um, are you excited for 5G? Do you have any kind of anticipation for it? Like like you, it's I'm kind of waiting to see what it means for me because the, the promise of faster download speeds on my phone when I'm not really downloading heavy, you know, heavy files or you know i'm not going to watch 4k on my phone there's you know there's no point there's no point yeah. but you know the 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 prospect that things that are not connected to wi-fi being able to transfer data really quickly like you said with cars um having hotspots everywhere that you know if you don't have a 5g phone you'll be able to connect to um you know being able to work remote from anywhere where you've got uh, 5G signal and be able to like do proper work where you're not relying on um, fast uh, Wi-Fi will be interesting. You know, when we've got remote working, um, can you go work in a ranch somewhere in the middle of nowhere, but still upload gigabyte files for your clients? I don't know. Um, but it's, yeah, I think it's until I see, you know, I struggle to see what it means right now. Um, but then again, everyone struggled to see what the iPhone meant when we were, when that was coming out. So it's like, what does it, what does it mean for the innovation? Um, yeah. You know, we, when we first got 4G, we were able to start, you know, watching YouTube on your phone, you was able to stream everything. The cloud became more viable. Right. So you're able to free up space on your phone. You're able to listen to, you know, high quality music through Spotify. You're able to download apps. You're able to do real time um, checks on you know train times, uh, your your bank, everything like that. So it's like, what does what does that mean for us? And I'm not I'm not smart enough to know. So I'm gonna we wait to be to be told what it means. I'll tell you what. When I heard about uh, when I saw some videos demonstrating the high speed of 5G, I was like, oh, that's excellent. It's uh, for that moment when I am at the airport about to board my plane. I find out the plane doesn't have seedback TVs and I need to quickly download something from Netflix to tide me over and this will this will happen and I'm like but I haven't flown in a year yeah. <laughs> like this is this this is not a this is not an this is not a need I have or will have for some time like why is that the first thing and the only thing that pops into my head yeah I mean that's that's a very good point like I have been in that situation where you're like oh I, just, I need to watch this I haven't downloaded it. I forgot to watch this why don't you download this album and you know, downloading a full movie on Netflix in in minutes as you're frantically trying to sit down and make sure you've got it on the plane is is a good point. I think it'll probably do wonders for salespeople though who have to come into other people's offices and pull up like presentations and things like this. And uh, there's always the ten yeah. minute struggle to con connect to corporate Wi-Fi. This will be this will be a thing of the past, but um, we'll find yeah, out. You could also just download it on your. You could also just download it on your computer before you go to the to the pitch <sighs> presentation. Yes. I'm yes, just saying. Course. Of course. Just saying. <laughs> well, this is clearly not the full list of things that mattered in 2020, but it's the list of things that we've covered on our show. Uh, it's what um, seemed to be newsworthy to us. And um, we are pretty excited for what's, what's ahead in 2021. Uh, but until then, we want to wish our listeners happy and safe holidays. And happy to and thank you guys. Holidays. Thank you guys for sticking around and giving this podcast a chance. Uh, we've definitely enjoyed doing it. We've enjoyed doing it. We've loved your feedback. More feedback uh, to our website, www.30minutescmo.com. And right. our Instagram uh, handle, which is at 30minutescmo. Um, so we will uh, see you in the new year. Alex, have a, have a, have a great Christmas. See you in the new year. You too. <laughs>